Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for Friday, June the 5th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about uh, protests, Black Lives Matter protests and demonstrations, uh, not only in Little Rock, but all across the state this week. Uh, we'll also talk about Terrible Tom Cotton and a, a pretty sharp rise in uh, COVID-19 cases in Arkansas. I'm joined as usual by Max Brantley. Afternoon. What a week. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> God, it seems like one of the longest weeks I've ever lived. And last week on the podcast, we talked about uh, the president and his reaction to, uh, to protesters in Minnesota, but uh, you know, there started to be some some uh, some movements in other cities, but nothing like what we started to see beginning on Saturday and then continuing through the week. Uh, you know, protests started on Saturday in, in Little Rock and have happened every day since then, but also have spread just all across the state. Bentonville. I mean, literally just about everywhere. Just a, a few minutes ago, a guy told me, well, you know, there was a protest in Star City. <laughs> Good grief. What's next? In Cabot, in Harrison, in my hometown of Searcy. I mean, not not places that you typically think of as, um, you know, being, uh, you know, focusing on diversity and 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 racial equity. No, in fact, in some places that are known for just the opposite. I really admired the the mayor of Cabot, who got which has a long and troubled past on racial issues, and is known as a white fight flight community from Little Rock. And without branding everybody there, that that's just a fact. And the mayor got out there with him, said, "We're a progressive city." Said, "We're with you." I I did love the picture of the armed posse outside the Starbucks, but uh, keeping the peace. But they they weren't needed. It turned out. Yeah, well, and then in Harrison too, you had a, a a pretty strong showing. Yeah, same thing. Harrison was a legitimate sundown town back in the day, where uh, you know black people weren't supposed to be seen after sundown, and it's tried mightily to live down that that reputation, and has done a lot of things in those direction. But it's still a mostly white town in a, in northern Arkansas, not entirely white. One of the, you know, as 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 you've written, but. But uh, it was a it was a great showing there too, and and that's been the case nearly everywhere, really. You know, they fired some tear gas at Bentonville, and I, I don't know enough about that to say for certain. But it sounded a little like an overreaction to me. But 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 really, the real action has been in Little Rock, and there has been some cause for a stronger police presence here because. Some events got out of hand in certain places. I, I do think the protests here have been overwhelmingly peaceful, just in terms of the numbers of participants and what they were out for. But it doesn't take too many bricks and too many fires started and, and too many things to happen for that to begin to overshadow the good. And of course, it prompted the governor to call out the National Guard on Saturday and bring in riot control equipment and later a helicopter and ultimately activating 570 members of the National Guard, which at the beginning was more per capita than they authorized to go into Washington, D.C. And, you know, I, 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 to me, that was too much. But uh, underlying that, as I've later come to learn from a number of sources, is a tremendous tension between the state police and the city police department in Little Rock, which is the primary law enforcement forcer in the city. And on Saturday, there's a 
pretty broad agreement that they were not as aggressive as they should have been against some members of the crowd when bad things happened because the city had tried to take a, a position supportive of the protesters. And Frank Scott has made that very clear. And the police chief has made that very clear. And the state police were not happy with the city police and, uh, more, more national guard was positioned Sunday night. And there was a, there was a strong police reaction Sunday night and, uh, with tear gas and pepper balls and, and other so-called aggressive policing, but still events happened off the Capitol grounds. And that prompted finally an emergency declaration from the governor, which he tried to say was routine, but it was anything but routine on Tuesday that said, if necessary, well said there would be a unified police command. And if ne- and of course, local enforcement would be respected, but if necessary, the state would take control. And I think the message was clear was, is that little rock hadn't done its job. Now they've, They've tried to put a gloss on it and say, of course, we're cooperating and all as well. And and things have, have continued to to pacify the rest of the week. There have been a handful of arrests. There were three more last night of people who were out after curfew. But the result of the events on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday were that we got an 8 p.m. curfew in Little Rock. We're now a sundown town. So, and We'll go to 10 o'clock tonight while Conway and North Little Rock have lifted their curfews entirely. So I, I get the sense there's still some uneasiness about things in Little Rock. One of the other, of course, great elements of the week is this insistence at both the city and state level that there's some nefarious outside forces that are fomenting the problems. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that there are nefarious outside sources left, right, and general hooligans that are doing bad things when these big crowds assemble. The, the suggestion by the police chief, Keith Humphrey of Little Rock, that there are busloads of people coming in from other states and pulling the strings of local people and so smart at what they do that only the locals get arrested and, and the outsiders don't is laughable. It's just yeah. Yeah. total bullshit, you know? Yeah, it, it really, really strains credulity. Well, and, you know, and what we do know, we do know for a fact, because other police agencies around the country have been willing to talk about it, it's not true. Everybody's seeing the same rumors on Facebook and the same rumors on Nextdoor and the same fake crap put up by provocateurs on Reddit and everywhere else. And there's just, there just isn't evidence of, uh, of any serious organized action of this sort. It got so crazy in Saline County they were, that they went nuts down there. They imposed a big a curfew in Benton. They had one of those MRAP armored vehicles outside the Target in Bryant because everybody thought that the hotels were full of people just getting ready to pounce down there. Somebody said, come on, really? If there really is an out-of-state network, don't you think they'd be kind of hiding out in their sympathizers' homes and not staying at the Comfort Inn to get the free breakfast buffet? I mean, give me a break. It's just kind of paranoia, but it's real and it's very easy to spur. And Donald Trump proved as well as anybody that if you put a little fear in people, it can be a powerful political motivating tool. Yeah, well, so uh, we've reported this thoroughly, but I think it's important to note that on on Saturday and Sunday, when both the, the state police and the LRPD dispersed crowds, they used tear gas and pepper balls. Uh, on on people who are doing bad things, but also definitely on a lot of 
peaceful protesters. They, they fired them at close range on peaceful protesters, and the state police justification is is that we gave numerous notices to disperse. People failed to do so, and we had to act. And I, I want to note that they did this on Sunday night at a point at which the the adverse actions were really very limited, and there was no curfew. <laughs> And they just, it seemed to me, just got tired of waiting and said, we got to send these people home. And if we got to fire tear gas, we're going to do it. Another interesting angle of this was, is that it was a Sunday news conference, very strange event, I thought, by Frank Scott and Keith Humphrey after a, a very bad night in Little Rock in which there was a lot of damage downtown. They said, this was all, this was a peaceful demonstration. We support the First Amendment right. Yeah, there were some few bad actors out there. But I just want to make it clear that the Little Rock police did not fire any tear gas. Well, it turned out they did fire pepper balls and they fired tear gas the next night. And finally, later in the week, Scott had to acknowledge that it happened. But he said, oh, but they only fired them at, at bad people. Well, you know, and, and I happen to know for a fact that there were some people injured by those projectiles that have not made it into the news reports yet and who will eventually there, were, there was at least one person seriously injured uh, by what was fired by police. And by my account, it was somebody who had, had done nothing wrong, who was just a bystander. Well, those, uh, those sorts of incidents haven't popped up quite as frequently here as we've seen in, in other places. Just horrific video after horrific video of militant police, uh, you know, harming citizens uh exercising right. their first amendment rights but you know also in arkansas just the presence you you referenced the saline county going nuts we we both tweeted out something that somebody shared of big mrap uh vehicles outside the, the Saline county target um uh, you gotta it, mute that i'm running out of power i gotta plug in here okay i have no option uh, Sorry, I, I'm talking to my wife here. My phone's running out of gas. Okay. So, Are you there still? Yeah, 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 I can still hear you. We'll, we'll keep, okay. keep rolling. So, but you, you, see, you see the the really evidence of the militarization of police forces. And I think that, that feeds into this sense that we really have to do something different about the way that police the country right I, I think it is fair to give some props to the local police the state police were particularly restrained i mean i think the, the little rock police took the attitude of trying to let people demonstrate they let them block i-630 briefly and i thought keith humphrey gave a good explanation of that that it was better to give them a few minutes to move from one point to another rather than create try and plunge into that crowd and start doing something i thought that was a good answer and we haven't clubbed a bunch of people like they have done in some other places and so that's that's all true. Our response has been better than it has been in many cities, but I still don't think we really practice de-escalation technique very much here. I mean, there's there's still a belief, and and ultimately this week was decided to the satisfaction of the leadership by an overwhelming show of force that they believe is what finally brought peaceful demonstrations to Little Rock is because they said we're going to have so many people out here that you're going to take take a risk by doing anything that's untoward. And finally, the demonstrators even went home early the last two nights, which was kind of strange. Yeah, well, that, I think some of that is just a sign of, of leadership and, and organization coalescing a little bit. 
Well, let's, but let's here, here's one more thing that I, I do want to mention, and that it was the utterly bizarre decision by Police Chief Keith Humphrey on Sunday to send a letter to the police department saying how embarrassed he was by their behavior, that they appeared to be segregated and they looked at him funny and that, that there, there was a racial problem in the police department. He's right about that. But that was, you know, I thought the police acquitted themselves pretty well Sunday night and and. I just thought that was the wrongest time in the world to upbraid the entire Little Rock Police Department, which has just completed a vote of no confidence in him. Just a, just a strange judgment, I thought. Just by, whatever else it was, it was just poorly timed. Yeah, well, that that of course is the the big context uh, or, or big context. It's important uh, to note in the the state police, uh, you know, taking control over the LRPD and you know they're. <laughs> There are definitely leadership issues at the LRPD. Um, the, the mayor has promised to reveal his plans for an independent review of the police department next week. So we will we will see about that. That's unlikely to make uh, a lot of police department critics happy, at least. All right, well, we've been talking for years and years about how awful Tom Cotton is. This week, the world... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he proves it over and over again, although the, the whole story of his crazy op-ed in the New York Times calling for sending in the troops is also a journalism story, too, because it's prompting an uprising at the New York Times for the fact that it, they even ran the piece. And it would appear that they not only ran it, but they solicited it as part of this editor, James Bennett's outreach to bring in opposing voices to the liberal newspaper. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they ought to, he didn't read the piece before it ran, and it was just full of real problems. I mean, he, he selectively quoted a part of the Constitution, leaving out some relevant context. He, uh, he contradicted the newspaper's own reporting on, that, on the baloney of the Antifa infiltration of riots, and, and otherwise wrote a column that just, without any particular support, said we ought to just send in the military. It didn't talk at all about the innocent people would be damaged if they did. So it created quite a firestorm at the Times, got quite a bit of criticism nationwide. But among the people that Cotton's after, it was probably a, a big success. And of course, what he wanted was attention. And boy, did he get it in boatloads. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he clearly has his eye on uh, future presidential cycles. But, no, uh, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, you know, although he's just, but, you know, what I was about to say is he's a cold person. He's an uncaring person. He's a mean person. He has no personal empathy. His, he gets his greatest enjoyment when other people are suffering. But I, then I thought, sounds just like Donald Trump. So, you know, who's to say? I, I don't think Donald Trump has a certain something about him, reality show TV thing. I don't think Tom Cotton possesses that it's yeah. hard to see him emerge but stranger things have happened <laughs> no it's just it's pretty pretty sad stuff all right well let's uh let's finally talk uh briefly about rising uh cases of the coronavirus in arkansas well they're just running 200 to 300 a day regulars clockwork the rolling average trend is nowhere but up and i mean asa hutchinson can no longer trot out his baloney about the, oh, the two peaks and blah, blah, blah. He goes, 
well, we're just testing more people, but well, yeah, I mean, and so we got, looks like we got about a steady 5% infection rate and that's a lot of people. And there, there's some hot spots. It sounds like he's going to back off one of his deeply held beliefs that, that, that laws ought to apply equally across the state, particularly when it comes to discriminating against gay people or what have you. And, and, uh, and go to a regional approach on lifting guidelines because it's pretty clear that Northwest Arkansas, Sevier County, some counties in central Arkansas are kind of hot spots, and a lot of them, uh, the rest of the state are not particularly. And so he may start a regional approach. That'll be confusing, and it'll make people mad in the areas that are exempted and that sort of thing. But the fact is, is the numbers are going up. You know, we, I, I think it's just kind of telling in a small way that both the major universities in the state said their arriving athletes included some guys who tested positive. And when they enroll 20,000 people in Fayetteville in the fall, a lot of those kids are going to arrive there with coronavirus and, you know, socially distancing people at, at Keggers. I, I don't know. It's going to be hard to do. I, I, you know, they're going to suspend dating for the duration. Probably. I mean, so in the name of social distancing, I, I don't know, you know, I, and I think about returning to classrooms in the fall. There's just, I mean, at this moment in June, Less than 90 days away from the normal school year, I mean, we have rising number of coronavirus cases in Arkansas. That's that's the simple fact. And uh, the lessening of, of guidelines seem to me likely to produce even more of them. And, and, and so I just don't, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I just think we're entering a, a treacherous period. And I guess we just got to pray they develop an effective vaccine and get it out quickly. Yeah, that 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 ain't coming this year, more than likely. Uh, no, more than likely not. I I just don't know. I mean, I'm just staying home, and I'm I'm still I'm not gonna. I mean, apparently, you know, you can stay up and drink in Little Rock till ten tonight, and go across the river and stay up all night in North Little Rock. I think I'm gonna stay home. <laughs> well, I watched your video today, and you're starting to look like a hippie, Max. You got long hair. Oh man, my hair is long. I I have actually it's over your ears. Oh, <laughs> way over my ears. I got, I got, I kind of brush it back. You know, I'm getting close to the ponytail mode, but oh, I, I actually have made an appointment with some, a very fastidious, I guess he's more of a women's stylist generally, but he'll cut men's hair. Who is just crazy about you've got to wash your hair and wash your hands before you come in. I'm going to take your temperature. Uh, you got to wear a mask and, I mean, he's, he's just going the extra miles. So against my kids, better judgment, I'm going to get my hair cut next week. I mean, I, I want to get it cut. It's driving me crazy, but, uh, but my kids think that old and fat and heart ailment that I got ought to stay out of the line of fire, which I've mostly succeeded in doing. But anyway, uh, all right, well, let's move on and talk uh, endorsements. What do you got this week? Well, I just I want to endorse our, our, our new discovery in the social media world, Will Yandel. He's a, a native of Greenbrier. He works at the Genius Bar at the Apple Store, and he's going to be a first-year law student at UA Little Rock in the fall. And he's a committed supporter of the demonstration movement. He's a progressive, and and he's he's wholly behind it. But he's decided he, he followed the – Ferguson, uh, Missouri thing. And he thought one of the great lacks of that, there was a lot of live video and stuff, but nobody had kept a record of it, tried to create a video record of events. 
And he's been out there with his camera uh, every night. He went to Cabot last night. And, and in an unopinionated way, in a just kind of a flat repertorial style for the most part, he's tried to chronologically assemble clips of significant parts of each night's activities. And I just think it's been an invaluable way to get an overarching picture of what happened on any night, whether it was on the nights violence happened or where on the nights that it was quiet and people went home early. And in the course of it, he's really captured some some wonderful images of, you know, the posse with the semi-automatic rifles and Cabot and, and, and oh, you know, one of the, uh, what do they call them? The, not the, oh, the, the lower shirt guys. The Boogaloo boys. Boogaloo boys. At the uh, at the Capitol and and some good images of people doing things and I don't know I've just I've just found it fascinating it's just kind of a great way to you can take his Twitter videos particularly and get in short clips kind of compress a long night into into some really relevant parts whether it's blocking the freeway or what happened and so anyway he's been a he's been I, I recommend people follow uh, Will Yandell on Twitter or Facebook he's good yeah absolutely he's he's been fantastic. Uh, well, this isn't much of an endorsement, but I'm excited because I'm going to demolish my kitchen this weekend. Whoa. Uh, I had a had a, a big leak and have been living kind of in a uh, broken down kitchen for a while. And we're just pulling the plug. We're going to get it all redone. And I'm doing the demo work. So I'm going to get some stress relief out. I got all my sledgehammers and saws and pry bars and pry bars. You got to tear stuff up. Yeah. It's, it's going to be good. So where's everybody going to live in the meanwhile? Uh, we're going to, we're going to make do. We're going to get a hot plate. We got an Instapot. We're going to make it happen. Or are you going to be hanging sheetrock and stuff oh, like no. that? No, uh, the demo I, I have hung sheetrock, and I, I don't aspire to do it again. No, it's hard work. It's not fun. So, yeah, the, I can I can demolish, and I can do a little carpentry, but I've decided to sit this one out. All right. Well, uh, don't hurt yourself. I'll try not to. Okay, well, everybody stay safe out there, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. We'll see you.